0: 2.5 FM, WVNN, Copper playing the slow intro to Freebird there for me. That was <laughs> that was unexpected. I was waiting for some jam tunes, and I almost got mellow there for a minute. Hey, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m. Glad to be with you on the News Talk Giant of North Alabama. Biggest show in the afternoons in North Alabama is this one, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, before I go any further, i got to tell you about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. Man, that place is so cool. You guys have got to check out their website. In fact, you really gotta go there. OtterCreekFarmstead.com is the website. And and if you like wing shooting, like you know, pheasants and quail, they've got the guides, the dogs, they've got the manicured hundreds of acres, they've got everything laid on for you, including the culinary team that will cook for you like you would not believe. Otter Creek Farmstead is just an oasis in the middle of North Alabama, and it's a best kept secret. But it's not that big of a secret because Donald Trump Jr. stayed there not long ago. I mean, it's such a cool place. OtterCreekFarmstead.com. Check it out. So, hey, Copper, let me ask you. So, um, you heard my my right side way, the opening today about, you know, raising up the next generation. You did your piece yesterday on um, Copper's Corner, Mm -hmm. talking about, I think the the term you used was your generation is ripe for recruitment right now. Yes. so how did, how did, personally speaking, how did you become a conservative? Was it osmosis? Was it taught? Was it just learned, observed? What was it?
1: My parents definitely taught me. My dad was actually my favorite teacher in school. He taught humanities, logic, Bible, and my mom certainly was very active as well. So we would all, you know, do devotions together. They taught us how to debate, how to respect the other side, learn the other side's opinion, and that helped us better understand our own thought process. They They did not want kids who were just brainwashed Christians, as the left likes to call us, but ones who knew what they believed and why, and the same for the other side.
0: So so true. So yeah, you made a great point. There was a book that I used to teach out of, um, so uh, I think it's uh, Josh McDowell. He wrote Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which is basically a series of different things. Some would call them apologetics, but they're basically the evidences that you can look at that are not just faith. They're like clear, in your hands, evidences of faith-based issues, like the historical or the archaeological or whatever else. So he did a he did a kid's version of that called Don't Check Your Brains at the Door. Mm. And his premise of that was it is not important enough to just simply believe. You have to be able to espouse why you believe. So perfect point. So your dad taught you to debate. He did. So were you allowed to debate your dad? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm sure there was a time when he would say, because I'm your father, that's why. And that was the end of the debate. But. <laughs>
1: True. <laughs> but no, actually, he they they taught us that if there was ever something we wanted to change in you know what they were we were doing in the house that we should come to them with a biblical argument, and reasoning, and explain to them why we wanted it. That's,
0: that's that's very cool. All right. Well, And, and obviously, uh, you learned to debate because you, you can espouse your thoughts now here at, uh, in, in your mid-20s. You're already able to articulate things that people that are twice your age can't even get out of their mouths right now. So that's good. Well, let's try. Um, but I think, you know, I think you made a point, though, about debate. It's interesting you say that. Uh, we were talking uh, off the air a moment ago. I think debate is becoming... Um, a lost art Uh, right now outrage seems to be more the standard than debate and social media in my opinion is becoming you know the, the ruination of discourse because people want to cram as much as they can into 120 characters with a little bit of keyboard courage in a way they would never say to someone's face and then walk away
1: it's ironic. There's so much more respect and control in a formal debate than there ever is in those angry conversations. And yet, debate or an argument would be a trigger phrase.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw a thing on Twitter one time. Okay, I'm talking about Twitter, but anyway, <laughs> I saw a thing on Twitter one time, and and it, the the caption of it was the way you are when you're on Twitter versus the way you are when you're face-to-face. And it had two dogs, and there was an electric fence between them, and they were going just a complete freak-out come apart at each other, barking and slobbering and baring their teeth and going at it. But the electric gate kept opening, and when it did, they would stand there, they would get quiet, and they would stand there and look at their feet and not make eye contact until the gate closed, and then they would freak out again and, and bark and carry on. And that's the, way, that's the way social media is changing our discourse. Uh, in the absence of face-to-face contact, people think it's okay just to say something they would never say to the person's face. I got, a, I got a what would have to almost be called maybe a nasty gram, but at the very least it was a firm rebuke from someone yesterday who, I don't know if he remembers or not, but we used to be in the same church youth group. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so Stan... If you're out there, yes, I got your email, and I'll draft you a reply later. Um, and uh, you are welcome to your opinion, but you're not welcome to your facts. But nonetheless, I I'll I give him a good reply later on. But, uh, but yeah, I think that people are just you know, losing the art of being able to express an opinion and do so in a manner that makes sense and makes the next generation want to have those opinions. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and my parents were very deliberate about teaching me those sorts of things, but you don't have to be a teacher or a professor, or a, a debate master in order to teach your kids that. I mean, in the end, what they did was they sat with me. They explained their thoughts to me. They, you know, made sure that I actually thought about the world around me. And as long as you're not, you know, just leaving your kid in school and in daycare and never talking to them, if you actually participate in their life. Then I think, think they're going to respect you more for it and more likely to follow in the, your footsteps.
0: Yeah. You know what? At the very least, if they choose not to live your lifestyle, don't let it be because you never shared your lifestyle. Mm. If they choose not to and it was their choice, then certainly that in their adult life is their, is their right. And I've seen that on occasion, obviously. I've seen some amazing people that I thought were amazing parents and I'm wondering what happened to their kids? Mm. I don't get it. But nonetheless... Don't let it be that on your deathbed you look back and go, it's because I never took the time. Mm-hmm. Don't let that be the reason. I mean, maybe they got led astray. Maybe they got something else. But but nonetheless, don't let it be because you didn't take the time. Well, listen, there's a lot in the news right now. And, uh, and at the top of the hour, we're going to have somebody come on that I'm um, that I'm uh, especially uh, thinking this is as sharp an attack, and I look forward to having him on the show, a guy named Clint Reed. He's with the College Republican Federation of Alabama. Um, he, he's the president I happen to be on their Board of Advisors I was talking to him recently And said man I gotta have you on the show And it actually fits in Pretty well with today's show So far Because we're talking about The next generation And he like Copper Is the next generation Where they are The generation right now But uh, all said and done uh, There's a thing going on Right now Have you heard about it Called Confucius Institutes Have you heard about that Copper Confucius Institutes
1: That's the one Mo Brooks was Was getting all up in arms about
0: Absolutely And mm-hmm. rightfully so So the College Republican Federation Decided to make this Their thing All right they picked a project, and they turned their attention to it, and and I'm going to let uh, Clint unpack that a little more, but if you're not familiar, before he comes on, you might want to get familiar, Confucius Institutes. There are at least, I think, two colleges. My recollection was Alabama A&M, right here in our listening area, and Troy State. Those two institutions uh, have Chinese studies paid for by the People's Republic of China. All right. Uh, that's called a Confucius Institute. And and what they literally are is teaching that China is far less of a threat and, and basically is, is something to be endeared. And they're weaving their way into our psyche as a nation, in part by going after uh, our younger generation and paying for it. And these universities are just taking their money and um, making it a part of the curriculum, never disclosing the fact that, oh, by the way, and this was paid for you by communist China. And that would be the same country, by the way, where the origins of COVID came from. I heard somebody say, I'm going to switch gears slightly on that. Somebody said, and I, and I totally agree with this, why are we blaming each other for vaccination versus non-vaccination? Or masking versus non-masking? Or what are you doing to prevent the crisis? Or where's everybody at right now? I don't like the way you're handling this. Yada, yada, yada. How about for just a minute, please, could someone in leadership blame China? I mean, is it too much to call it the China flu? I think it's pretty funny to call it the China flu, but it's also not funny because that's where it came from, and there is every evidence to believe that it came from a lab. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't sit around uh, listening to uh, strange talk shows at 2 in the morning that tell me that aliens came here and built the pyramids. None of that. But what I am saying is there is every reason to believe. If you look at the the markers on the coronavirus – there are, there, there, are, there are very smart people who have determined that the markers clearly indicate genetic engineering or manufactured uh, engineering as to the virus. And by the way, we do know it came from Wuhan, China. Oh, by the way, we happen to know that is the site of the Wuhan lab. We could call that circumstantial, but guess what? If it walks like a duck and looks like a duck and sounds like a duck, the odds are it's a duck. And right now what we're seeing is that the WHO, the World Health Organization, who I don't have a great deal of respect for anyway, but the World Health Organization recently said they're going to be beginning phase two, I think it is, of their investigation into the origins of the China flu in Wuhan, China. And China itself came back and said, no, 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 we don't think that's a necessary thing uh, that you come over here and do that. We suggest you go investigate Fort Detrick, Maryland. Uh, what? Well So No. Uh, so basically what they're trying to do is say, nothing to see here, nothing to see, and, and, and that to me is, is somewhat infuriating. Um, it, it's going to be more to do, but we, what we don't need to have happen are these Confucius Institutes in our colleges who are um, literally uh, causing a, a misconception within our younger generation as to the potential threat that our largest near-peer adversary is, which is China. It, if, you, if you go straight to uh, the developmental doctrine of warfighting in the United States, you will find that near-peer is the, the new term. Near-peer basically means someone of the same size and stature, someone as a, as a national entity of the same size and stature and capability, or at least on par, or close to being on par with the United States. A near-peer. All of our wars in recent history have been fought against those who could nowhere near match. Well, we had air superiority in Afghanistan on the first day. You know why? They don't have an air force. Uh, we, we, had, we had mastery of the air in every capacity uh, and mastery of the ground in every capacity. We overran the Iraqi army, even though they were, you know, supposedly like the fifth largest army in the world at the time when Desert Storm kicked off and just, just, just slammed them. Because they were using outdated technology uh, and outdated concepts and had poor training. And yet what we're looking at now is the doctrine is changing. The doctrine is changing to what we call near-peer. Near-peer adversaries are China and Russia. China being the more likely of the uh, opposition that we could possibly face in the near future. China is bowing up left and right. China is building man-made islands in the South China Sea in order to extend their physical territory by saying those islands now extend to our land-based territory from which we then extend further out to have our uh, international and national waters. You don't get to build new borders. It doesn't work that way. You don't build fake islands and then say, uh, and that, by the way, is now our new land and put a flag on it. It doesn't work like that, but they're doing it. You know what? They're doing it and no one's saying anything about it. How about the fact that right now we're looking at the Olympics as a sort of a um, spot on the calendar, if you will, and I think we better keep our eyes on Taiwan soon after the Olympics and all the teams have gone home. I think there's going to be issues, and I think that China has made it very clear that they do not respect the current administration, nor do they respect the current Secretary of Defense, nor do they expect or respect uh, the posture that the United States has in the world. And, and so if they're going to make a play for Taiwan, there is no better time for them than immediately after all of the international athletes go home from the uh, Olympics, which are happening right now in Japan, and then they do what they want to do with Taiwan. And we have, a, we have an international defense treaty with Taiwan, and we better enforce it, but it's going to take a, a political will against this near-peer adversary like we've never seen in recent history. Well, that's a whole lot. And we're going to be heading into a break now, but we've got so much more to do. We're going to come back after this break, unpack a few things that are in the news, things you got to know about, things you might want to have on your radar. Got to be well informed in order to be solid, conservative, and just plain right. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, News Talk, 770 a.m., 92.5 FM, the News Talk giant of North Alabama on the best show in North Alabama afternoons. Brad to be with you, but we'll be right back. 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk Powerhouse of North Alabama. Glad to be with you. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, we've uh, we've had some sort of lighthearted discussion here going in uh, almost through the first hour. Uh, there's a whole lot in the news, and we're going to get back to some of that stuff here, too. In fact, I just got a text um uh, from, from mom actually, uh, reminding me that, uh, that there's, there's some big news going on right now that's flying under the radar. Really? In fact, good luck trying to find a story on it. I did a quick surf uh, to double check, but you may be aware that one of the uh, COVID restrictions and, um, and, and, you know, executive orders, the, the mandates that went out across the nation related to, uh, rent and eviction moratoriums, meaning a landlord cannot require rent and also cannot evict you for not paying rent during this period of emergency. Well, guess what? That expires this weekend. I've got a friend uh, that I work with who is a specialist in bankruptcy. She said that right now it is expected to not be a good fall in the bankruptcy courts because suddenly um, all those chickens are coming home to roost. People who have not been paying rent will suddenly be have to pay, have to pay rent, and the hope is they've been you know, saving up some of those Biden bucks they got and uh, putting aside some money from the uh, enhanced unemployment compensation or just saving their money from working at the very least because the rent's going to come due. And the landlords cannot sustain this. Now, listen, I think I said this on the show once before. The average rental house is not owned by a huge property owner who has lots and lots of properties. Now, I do know some. I've got clients. I've got friends who specialize in rental properties. I've got, you know, one that owns like a, 120 uh, rental houses. And 120 rental houses brings in a significant amount of income. Unless... Like he told me, 48 percent of them had not paid rent in over six months. Well, if you have a mortgage on those, then you are suddenly suffering as a business owner. But then a lot of them, uh, by the way, are not owned by folks who have lots and lots of rental property and maybe the ability to float and have a line of credit. A lot of them are just people who inherited mama's house and they turned it into a rental. And it's that where they make that little extra money once once a month, and they charge you know seven hundred dollars a month for the rent. And, you know, 400 of that pays the mortgage and they might make 300 a month until you're not paying your rent and they can't do anything about it. And so now suddenly the whole note is due for them and they've got to figure out how to pay it because you won't. Now, all of that to say, it is a tough situation. And here at the last minute, this thing expires this weekend. Suddenly the Biden administration, according to MSN, has apparently uh, sent over a request for congressional action. And this request for congressional action um, is – suddenly Nancy Pelosi calls it a moral obligation, which she didn't think about until the last second. And so she's going to try and rush something apparently through the rules committee and then the full House as quickly as she can. Good luck with that because I don't know if she's going to have to have uh, more than just the, uh, the average uh, ability to um, you know, to work through the filibuster. But we're sitting here looking at the fact that with a very slim majority she's going to try to rush it through and then get it over to the Senate which by the way the Senate is is far less conducive to this And in the meantime it expires this weekend. So uh, way to go Biden administration for seeing something you thought was important and doing nothing about it until the 11th hour. Um, Now, me personally, I was going to go ahead and tell you, I think it's going to have to expire. Life has to get back to normal. People are back to work. Here in Alabama, there is no reason for you not to be at work. If you're scared, say scared, but you've got to go back to work. You cannot just continue to live under a rock or hide in a cave. People, we've got to get society fully reopened. I am sick to death of seeing restaurants that can't serve people because they don't have people who want to come back to work. The enhanced unemployment compensation is over. The rent moratorium is about to be over. And and, and all said and done, life does go on. And and I'm sorry that some of y'all may be scared. I've had COVID. It's not fun. But you can't keep living in a cave and expect a society to go on like it does. It is time for the world to wake up and recognize that if you walk tall and move with authority, you are much better off than cowering in a corner and hoping for the best. there's 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 your pep talk. Show me your war face. Get in the game. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just playing right. Big doings coming up at the top of the hour. We'll be right back after this.